Oh my goodness, we're one week closer to the draft edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I am caddy of the show, Armando Salguero, star of show, Adam Beasley. How are you doing, dude? Oh, you know, every day's a gift. Have you been coughing a lot lately? Feeling tight <laughs> in the chest? Have you no, been having the shakes? It's very difficult to get sick when you come in contact with no human beings aside from the two humans you live with. So, uh, you know, I'm great. It's funny. My uh, my two-year-old son has never been healthier because he doesn't go to daycare. <laughs> uh, he's been stuck with us for the last month, and he's had no colds, no runny noses, no fevers. Uh, I guess the uh, the secret to keeping your child healthy is never letting him encounter any other child. Well, that's that's probably a, a, a fair thing. You know, once upon a time in America, uh, children stayed home because only one parent had to work. So yeah, well, that. Uh, I, as, as you know, I, I, we both make uh, millions working for the Herald, but we always want a little bit more in the Beasley household. So uh, both husband and wife work here. Gotcha. No, I, I understand as they work in most places you know that's, that's my point uh you know i don't remember uh little italy circa 1928 having daycare i don't i don't, I don't remember that uh i've never heard of 1958 kansas uh, needing daycare the daycare was there the, the plow is at the field. Go get it. <laughs> you know, uh, growing up, uh, my mom didn't work until, oh God, I want to say I was like maybe 12 or 13. She went back to school, became a nurse. Uh, but uh, she was home, and I was one of four kids in the house. Uh, and she would also make some side money by having – by watching other people's kids. So we would have, like, a glorified daycare in our four-bedroom duplex. Uh, And it got a little crazy. It got a little uh, crowded having all those kids running around. So maybe she was on the front lines, the the cutting edge of uh, child care management, turning our house into a daycare center. Yes, a glorified illegal unlicensed <laughs> unlicensed daycare. Yeah, that was great. I, great I believe, I believe the statute of limitations has expired on that one. No, so. no doubt, no doubt. Uh, what state was that again? Let me write this down. <laughs> We're in a snitch society now. I don't know if you know this now. People I, I, are snitching on each other now. Yeah, I heard that, uh, including uh, – one Mike Florio from Pro, Pro Football Talk stitching about Tua Tungavailoa's uh, uh, quote unquote pro day last week. Well, no, I'm, I'm, you know it's like people people are like if you see something, say something. Oh no, there's two guys at the park. Holy Moses, the guys at the park. Call the police. Like, give me a freaking break. Have you so you you haven't called the cops on uh, on people congregating around your uh, your beautiful mansion? Uh, my friend, I come from a day and time and neighborhood where snitches uh, they they find a way to disappear. <laughs> I don't, you know, so so uh, not my kind of upbringing. What can I tell you? You you're more of a keep to yourself kind of guy. Is that what you're saying? I mind my own damn business and <laughs> let. As long as nobody messes with me, I don't mess with anybody. That's the way it is, and 
Uh, it's worked so far. Let's put it that way. We've we've learned so much about Armando in these last few months. Uh, he's uh, he's kind of a prepper. He has the uh, the uh, add water food. Um, what, what else have we learned about Armando? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I don't snitch on people, and I and I eliminate snitches from my life. <laughs> and you were also convinced that uh, the Dolphins will either draft Justin Herbert or Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, and I am fully convinced of that, and I'm fully depressed about the, the prospects. Tell that kid to shut up! <laughs> he, just, he just barged his way into my office. He has the rule of the roost here. Uh, yeah, come put, on, up, put him on the mic there, bees. No, no, no. We don't need to hear what he has to say. I want to hear how you treat – I want to ask Jake how he's being treated in the bees' presence. <laughs> He gets nothing but what he wants. I'm telling you, this kid is as spoiled as a guest. Come on, stay out of here, dude. We're having a uh, we're having a, a, a fight over here. Hi, the Jake. Hi, Jake. How does Daddy treat you? Give us the scoop. I hope DCF isn't listening right now. As I lock my child out of my room, as you grab them by the britches and you like put him out of the room, like throw him out of the room. <laughs> I think I think the problem has been solved, so we can resume with our regular programming. <laughs> I gotcha. All right. So, yeah, I'm not – Beasley, I'm not feeling the whole Tunga, Vailoa, Herbert dynamic at all. At all. Uh, I'm not loving either one of these two guys. Well, uh, me either. Um, I think it's been uh, – a long time coming that the flaws of both these players uh, have come under a microscope. Um, they don't have any great answers. They don't. They, they're, they're not going to be able to get up to one. Um, and it's clear that Cincinnati doesn't want to trade that pick. It's clear that Dolphins don't want to overpay for that pick. So they're going to be at five. They're not going to move up from five to three to get a guy they're lukewarm on. Uh, so they're going to either stay at five or even trade back from five uh, to, to, I don't know, 10, 11, something like that. I enjoyed your column this morning. I think it was pretty spot on that the, the odds of them taking a position player at five are under, underrated. I think that's possible. I would be surprised if they waited till 18 to take a quarterback. I, I think that their best plan would be to get a second top 10 pick, to do what they have to do to get back into the top 10 a second time. So that way they can take the best available player at five and then still get a quarterback at 10. And I think your list is good. I think it needs one more name. I think Tunga Bailoa, Herbert, or Jordan Love could all be possibilities in the top 15. I don't see them taking Love at five. That would surprise me. But there is still great interest in him as a player, um, and I think he is part of their contingencies. So, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think that all this work they've done, all this stru- structural rebuilding, they don't want to call it tanking, but – uh, setting themselves up for the 2020 draft still has not been enough for them to feel good about the decision they're going to have to make next week. All right. So, you know, I have admittedly not done a ton on Jordan Love other than what I did initially because he's just not a possibility with the first pick, with their the Dolphins' per- first pick. It's just not happening I want to know from you, what is it about Jordan Love that people love so much? Because I watched three of his games last year, and I was done with the guy. I just 
you know, I, he reminds me of any number of past draft quarterbacks with a big arm and uh, ability to do stuff that never turn or translate into NFL productivity. So what is the love for love? Well, he was fantastic in 2018 um, and then had a bad 2019, as you mentioned. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm just going to give you some of the reasons. Uh, change in system, I believe. Uh, all of his players disappeared from the year before, so he was playing with brand-new players. Now, again, there are tons of quarterbacks that overcome that, and that shouldn't be you know, a get-out-of-jail-free card. I'm, I'm just providing some context. But he does his skill set. He has, If you listen to the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, they say his upside is as good as anyone, if not better than anybody in the entire drafts. With Jordan Love, it would be total a, a total projection pick. Uh, you're, you're saying that we can take him, take him, sit him for a year behind Fitzpatrick in a way that Patrick Mahomes sat for a year behind Alex Smith, and then 2021 he's ready to step in and, and be a really good quarterback. His his tools are all, off the chart. I mean, he has probably the most he's probably the most physically gifted quarterback in the draft. The consistency is the problem, and the accuracy is the problem, and he's missed a lot of intermediate throws that he should hit. So there are downsides for sure. What the Dolphins might be thinking is this. There's a hard ceiling on Justin Herbert. There's a ton of unknowns with Tua Tungabailoa. If he's healthy, sure, he can be a Hall of Famer, but we're, we don't think he's going to stay healthy. Uh, it, was, it was wild. It was eye-opening. I listened to Mark Dominic yesterday on a Sirius XM uh, national conference call, and he said the worry with Tua – isn't obviously 2020. They think he can play this year. There are people who think he might need a hip replacement and when that replacement comes. And there aren't a ton of NFL players that come back from a replaced hip. Uh, and you saw what it did to Pouncey's career, having a hip issue, and he hasn't needed a replacement yet. So um, there are huge long-term concerns about Tua's health. So what the Dolphins might be thinking is this. Look, we scattered him extensively in 2018. We saw a ton of him then. And we loved them this time last year. Yes, 2019 was a big disappointment. And, yes, there were three other quarterbacks available in this year's draft that were much better in 2019 than Jordan Love was. But we're not going to get the number one pick in the draft. We think Jordan Love might be Ryan Tannehill. And Tua is fragile. So why not take the guy who's been healthy, who's got the most upside in the draft? I agree, five is way too high to take him. But if you're able to get him at 12, 13, something like that, you can you can talk yourself into that scenario. Again, the fact that you're talking yourself into the scenario isn't great at this point in the draft, but what's, what options do they have? What great options do they have at this point? Yeah, so let me add two things to that. One, a comment, one, a question. Mm-hmm. The comment. So uh, yesterday I was speaking with a gentleman who is a former Hollywood stuntman. Uh, you're wondering, why the hell are you talking to former Hollywood stuntmen? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm, I got nothing to do. Let me call some stuntmen. <laughs> uh, and he's telling me that when he was 27 years old in Hollywood, he suffered a fractured hip. And that for two years... For two years after that, after it was fixed, after he was working again, he would wake up on some days and have no feeling in in parts of his pelvic area. Like, no feeling. That's bad. Like, like numb. Yeah. But he would go to work anyway, and 
he would fight through it, and and no one really knew because the way it works is unless you're telling someone that you're having this issue, no one knows. So that was the and he said to me, a hip injury in my profession is the is the end. It's over. I plowed through. I worked through, and I did what I could, and I worked for more years. But I was never the same. And so that, to me, that was very shocking. So that's the comment. Yeah, I mean, obviously not all hips are created the same, but uh, that's not a good encouraging sign uh, no. about about Tua. I mean, certainly it, it adds to the growing list of concerns there are about him. I mean sure. – uh, and we've heard, oh, he's fine. Everything's fine. It's all okay. good. It's all right, fine. we got to take, take a quick break, but let me No, no, you... before we do that, let's, okay. before we do that, let me let me do the other thing, and then we'll get on the, to the other side. All right. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you was, why is it that everyone says Jordan Love has all these great uh, physical tools? So does he have the best arm in the draft? Uh, he might. No, he's he not, doesn't. He's not he doesn't. the most accurate. No, he doesn't have the best arm in the draft. Does he have the most accurate arm in the draft? No, no certainly no, not. He doesn't. Is he the fastest quarterback in the draft? Uh, no, uh, pretty. He's pretty close. No. He's pretty no, close. No, he isn't. Justin Herbert's faster. Uh, so I don't understand all these great. Physical gifts. He's 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 okay. He he, he no, I think his I, I think he's really gifted. I think you you look at some of the throws he can make. He doesn't make them at, often, and he's act, not not altogether accurate. But I think a lot. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, he's awesome. But here's the thing. He also if if, if I know you like to mention how uh, Oregon's coaching staff wasn't what he'll get what Herbert will get in the NFL. You think Utah State was? Oh, I mean, terrible. Terrible. Yeah, so there, there, there will be there will be the possibility for him to get much, much better. Again, it, this is a gamble. It's a total gamble pick. I'm with you on that. It's, there's no, there's uncertainty there. Um, but I think a lot of the a, a lot of the excuses people are making for Herbert can be made for for Jordan Love as well. Well, let me ask you one final thing on Jordan Love, and then we'll go to break if you want to. Okay. Um, uh, so you're talking about how. The reason slash excuse for his bad season last year is that they changed coaches. And, uh, you know, it, it was just a totally new system and so forth. And guys, you know, left the team or graduated or went elsewhere or whatever. Does that ever happen in the NFL? <laughs> I'm just wondering, asking for a friend, does that ever happen in the NFL? Yes, it's not a great sign for future success. I'll grant you that. Oh, because critical thinking tells me that if the Dolphins draft Jordan Love, they will uh, thus assign him to 68-year-old offensive coordinator Chan Gailey, who signed a two-year contract, mm-hmm. uh, according to what I've been told. So in two years at the, at the out, outside – Jordan Love is going to have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, probably. Free but... agency happens in the NFL. Wide receivers come and go practically more than any other position because they're 
they're not a dime a dozen, but they there's five of them on a team, and they get moved in and out. Right. I, I will say this. I, the hope would probably be for the Dolphins not have to change systems three times in four years. So if, if Gailey really is only here for two seasons and they've had success, they'll probably promote from within. There'll be someone within the organization that will come and keep continuity with the system. You don't you think? Know, you know what the Dolphins are doing in 2020? They're changing offensive systems for the third time in three years. <laughs> well, yeah, but you had oh, you had yeah. a different head coach in 2000. Oh. Same head coach from last year, different offensive system this year. Right, no, that's fair. But 2018 was a di- was a different head coach, so of course it was a different system then. <laughs> and of course, the Dolphins never fire head coaches either. No, they don't. All right, so Lance, come on, Lance Zierling, and we do have to get to this break because we've gone way long. Lance Zierling of NFL.com, they do a draft pro- profile for every player. Here are Jordan Love's strengths: tall in the pocket and smooth, natural thrower, keeps ball tucked and secure while scanning the field. Tight spirals come from a variety of arm slots. Offense is built upon intermediate and deep read throws. Confident passer attacking between the hashes. That, to me, doesn't sound like Jordan Love or Tua Tagovailoa, to be honest. Makes athletic pocket exits when scrambling. Good open field vision and speed to move the sticks. Arm strength to dime it into windows. Drops deep balls in with plenty of air and touch. In 2018, trusted big receivers to make plays on 50-50s. Arm talent and swagger, that doesn't sound like Justin Herbert either, arm talent and swagger to attack field side cover two hole, has access to expedited compact release when pressured. Uh, on the other side of this break, I'll read you the weaknesses, and then I want to have a, uh, a, a, we'll play a game, we'll have a game of scenarios for you, and which one you'd, you'd rather have. We'll oh, be back. goody! We'll be back very quickly. A game! Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, and we're back. And as I promised, it's not all positive with Jordan Love. There are weaknesses. This is, again, according to... Lance Deerling of uh, NFL.com. His weaknesses are consistency and production took massive step backward in 2019. <laughs> looping looping wind-up part of slower operation time. Too much staring and telegraphing. Six games with multiple interceptions, including three big sixes. Below, <laughs> below average decision-making against zone looks. Allowed coverage to swarm due to lack of anticipation. Unusually spotty ball placement forced targets to work for catches. Completed just 31.8% of his deep throws. Doesn't slide to safer launch points enough. Will avoid viable pockets at times. Needs to use eyes to hold safeties longer. And issues bringing in off-target snaps leading to fumbles. Yeah. Um, now you know why he will never be picked in the top five or the top ten. I think top ten is a possibility. I don't think so. 
In fact, in, in fact, I would think it's more. This is this is my bold prediction. Eight days out, I think it's more likely that Jordan Love is a member of the Miami Dolphins than Tua Tagovailoa. I'm not saying he's the better prospect. I'm just thinking uh, thinking of the way this could play out. I think it's more likely Jordan Love ends up a Dolphin than Tua. Very bold, very bold indeed. Um, you know, he's a project, dude. Of course, if you're, of course if, you're, if you're drafting someone in the top five, definitely, and in the top ten at the at the outside, you're not. You should not be drafting a project. You should be drafting a guy who is going to win for you, start for you pretty soon, if not immediately, and win for you within 12 months, and that doesn't sound like Jordan Love to me. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Now, this is going to hurt my argument because I've long been a critic, but wasn't Josh Allen a project? Small school guy, great physical tools, huge accuracy question marks, an athletic guy, dual threat quarterback, went in the top ten, went to the playoffs last year. So Josh Allen is bigger than Jordan Love, faster than Jordan Love, better arm than Jordan Love, better uh, better final season at his school than Jordan Love. I mean, I mean, Jordan Love, Jordan Love ran a four seven four. That's quick for a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Josh it is. Allen is a four five guy. And by the way, uh, what's four, his five. name? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm looking this up. Oh yeah. I am, I am looking this this one up. There's no doubt. And four five. And Justin Herbert ran a four six eight. So uh, Josh Allen ran a four point seven five at the combine. No, nah, I don't know where you're looking at your stats. Uh, NFL.com <laughs> slash prospects slash Josh yeah. Allen. He ran a four point seven five second uh, forty at the combine. Second. Four. Okay, so Josh Allen is slower than Jordan Love. He is not as athletic because Jordan Love jumped two inches taller. Uh, uh, he ran a, a quicker three cone, uh, Josh Allen did, and a slightly quicker twenty yard shuttle. But they are they are comps when it comes to athleticism. Josh Allen's six five, jo- uh, Jordan Love is six four. Josh Allen's two thirty seven, uh, Jordan Love is two twenty four. So you're an, an, an inch and ten pounds difference. Uh, and one and, other you, thing, and, and you're a, a, a second different. <laughs> and, and and one other thing, Jordan Love ten and a half inch hands. Josh Allen's ten and one eighth inch. I think the comp. Uh, I don't good. care. I don't care about their, the size of their hands. You know, I mean, I, and, I'm and, not and, that guy. And, and Josh Allen was a was a seventh pick in the draft. Uh, that might be still a, a, a tick too high, but uh, but Jordan Love will go in the top twelve. That's uh, I am I am certain of it. I got a dollar that says you said top ten. Okay, top top twelve. Top twelve. Oh, that, wow. Because because that, that's the range where I could see the Dolphins trading back up into. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so you're you're calling a trade up of the Miami Dolphins to draft Jordan Love. I am saying that there is a 25 percent chance that happens. Yes. I'm not calling it. I'm saying it's it's a it's a possibility. There you hear it. Adam Beasley guaranteeing <laughs> that the Miami Dolphins will trade up to draft Jordan Love. All right, I've got a Tua question for you because that's what I wanted to ask you 10 minutes ago. We got sidetracked three times. How many years How many years do you need to get out of Tua before his body breaks down? Do you feel comfortable taking him in the top five? Ten. Wow, Ten. Yeah, I mean, isn't that the reason that you're doing this exercise? Of course it is, but how many quarterbacks draft in the top five are 
are playing for the same team within seven years, let alone ten. Ten years? Well, I mean, if you're drafting to, fi- to find a bust, of course, he's gone in five. If You know, so there's that. But, look, people – Ryan Tannehill, okay, took seven years to be done <laughs> with the Miami Dolphins. Seven years. And the final three years – he missed one of them completely. He missed a playoff run in the other, and he had a, 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 a month where he missed in the third. And he was never great. So, and he was drafted number eight. Okay, agree. Do you think Steve Ross has not learned from that mistake? No. <laughs> no. I mean, Steve Ross does the same thing over and over again. It's like... We've seen this. I mean, so Steve Ross comes in with Jeff Ireland and Tony Sperano. He doesn't like Sperano. He fires him. He keeps Ireland. Now he he forces uh, Joe Philbin on Ireland. They don't get along. He fires Ireland and keeps Philbin. He hires Dennis Hickey uh, with with uh, with uh, the casket guy Philbin. They don't love each other. Casket guy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, you know, Joe Philbin. Joe Philbin is the, you know, one of he's he's a mortician. Let's <laughs> that dude was a mortician. Did, uh, are you saying that he appeared in Bram Stoker novels? <laughs> they would like lock him away in his casket and bring him out at night for you know so that he can. Uh, join the team meetings. The point is, it's 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 over and over. He has shotgunned the entire um, top of the uh, of the organization over and over with. Okay, I'm keeping this part, but getting rid of that part of the same organization that fails over and over with Ireland with. Uh, uh, Philbin with Hickey with Tannenbaum and Gase. It's it, it, come on now. We just have it right now. Was was Chris Greer brand new to everything when they hired Brian Flores? No, they kept Chris Greer from the previous failed brain trust. You know so the next, You know what's going to happen next? They're going to get rid of Chris Greer and keep Brian Flores for a new general manager, and then it'll be Brian Flores who gets uh, whacked, and the new general manager will pick a new head coach. It's like, stop doing this. What if that new general manager is Nick Casario? <laughs> so what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, well, let's, let's, well, let's, 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 you know, Brian the- Flores brought a bunch of friends and guys from New England last year to the coaching staff. What what happened to Chad O'Shea? Did he really do really great and stick around after knowing Brian Flores for ten years? Man, you are uh, you're feisty today. You need to get out and get some more sunshine. No, no, I'm just look. None of this that I am saying is untrue. It's all it's a fact. Of course, it's true. I'm just trying to give a, a sliver of hope to our listeners because uh, the Dolphins have a pretty big day in, in eight days. And a sliver oh. of hope with Jordan Love. Hey, man, Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl. Oh, come on. Are you serious? You're, you're Beasley, you're comparing Jordan Love to Patrick Mahomes. I'm saying the comparison isn't perfect, but there are some similarities. 
Wow. Uh, how many touchdowns did Jordan Love throw last year? Uh, let's see. Not a lot. He was also not playing in that air raid system they have. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. So has he ever thrown 41 touchdown passes? In a in in a season in college, I would say no. In 2018. Whoa, whoa! We got some music playing from my laptop. Hang on, hang on, friends. It's a party. It is a party. Um, 2018. 64% of his passes were completed for 3,567 yards, 32 touchdowns, six interceptions, a passer rating of 158.3, which is not the same as 158.3 right. in the NFL. Right. That's a good season, man. That, yes. No, last that's year, a good season. Last year that's was bad. I, I grant you that. It was What, not what was it last year? Uh, his passer rating, 129.1. He had 20, 20 touchdowns, 17 picks. That's, those, are, those are bad numbers. And if, and, and if he had just his 2017 and 2019 seasons on tape, he would not be going pro this year. He'd be coming back for his senior year. He is, he is going pro on teams believing in his upside and seeing what he did in 2018. Again, there is huge risk involved there for the Dolphins. I would argue that there is huge risk involved in any pick not named Joe Burrow. Fair. Um, that I, I don't argue that. I don't like any of these guys. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes threw 41 touchdown passes his final year at Texas Tech. So, and the year before, down year. He threw 36. So, who, was the, who was the coach then? It wasn't Kingsbury yet. Who was it? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I don't cover Texas Tech. <laughs> All right. Which, we'll, which, we'll, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this, Armando. What can the Dolphins do in the next eight days to realistically – I mean, number one pick obviously would be the ideal situation. That's not going to happen. Realistically, what can they do in the next eight days to better their chances of getting this right? What can they do in their name? Um, well, in today's Miami Herald, I suggested pick the best available player at number five. And to do that, Adam, you have to have no fear, no fear that you might not get, uh, you know, introvert guy mm-hmm. in Justin Herbert or numb hips guy in, in Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, you have to have no fear. If someone else gets them, someone else got them. And I, my sense is that they are full of fear because they are afraid of missing on a guy that turns into something. Because on the other hand, I, I, we've been having some fun at the expense of some of these guys. You know, Tua Tonga-Vailoa put up some great numbers and some outstanding tape at Alabama regardless. I mean, he has some holes in his game, which people don't acknowledge, but he still did some great things. And Justin Herbert still did some great things at Oregon. And he has an incredible arm and incredible deep accuracy. So there's that. But to, to believe that they're going to be great NFL quarterbacks – it's that's that's a stretch no I agree I agree completely and it's I would not want to have to make that decision or a a, a couple of you know obviously alternate universes that we can talk about would be a if they 
started Josh Rosen the last two weeks of the season, they would have finished 3-13, and 13 and they would have had the number one pick in the draft. We wouldn't actually be talking about this, but here's something else that goes under-talked about. That's not really a word. Uh, under the radar. Um, if the Dolphins didn't blow it up last year, if they kept it all together, quarterback, head coach, obviously didn't trade Tunsil, obviously didn't trade Minka, uh, tried to win last year with continuity, what do you think they would have gone? Um, I'm not sure because of the following. So Brian Flores is um, a, a, a he's a great coach. I don't know if he's a good head coach, but he is a certain kind of coach. And that certain kind of coach, when he has full and complete and utter authority over the players, that's one thing. And he's very good in that setting. But when the players are 32-year-old men, 30-year-old men, 28, 29-year-old men, and they're, you know, they have children and they've got a contract with a lot of guaranteed money, you saw how that went last year early on. It didn't translate very well for Brian Flores. You had a lot of guys that said, screw this, I'm not doing this. All right, all right, all right. So let's remove Flores from the equation. Let's say Adam Gase is still the head coach that Gase coached that team last year with the personnel they had before they blew it up, and obviously they would have added players to and free agency in the draft. What do you think that team would have gone? Uh, seven and nine. Eight, eight, eight and eight. eight. Okay. That's, what, that's what they would have done. That's what they've been doing, right? That's, that, that's, that's totally fair. Uh, th- there were one, two, three, four, five, six teams that went seven and nine last year. There were three that went eight and eight. The range in the draft picks for those teams are 11 through 19. So what you're telling me is the Dolphins might use the 18th pick to go get a quarterback after blowing up their entire 2019 season, whereas they could have played their 2019 season without having these drastic, you know, a, a, a painful year that they had last year and still gotten the same quarterback. Is that what you're telling me? No, I I didn't say that at all because in my scenario, and I know this would have happened, if the Dolphins had done that, had kept Adam Gase and company together after 18, Ryan Tannehill would still have been gone. They would have had someone else, and they would have tried to draft someone. So it, we don't know what would have happened. All right. Well, in, in, my, in, in my alternate universe, Tannehill and Gase are still together, or Tannehill and – Let's put in random head coach that doesn't have some friction issues with veteran players. But in a scenario where the talent they had before, that was at least a 7-9 team in 2019. And we could have avoided this entire exercise and gone and gotten the same quarterback. We could, we should have avoided this entire exercise as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we appreciate you joining us today on the Dolphins in Depth podcast. Uh, when we get off uh, off the microphone, Beasley will continue to tell me about an alternate universe that doesn't exist, and I will listen intently for the next hour and a half while his young son Jake goes, "What's that talking about? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't understand what the hell this is about." In that alternate universe, there's daycare. Okay, that's the that's the alternate universe. I'll there's be. that too. Uh, we appreciate you. Tune in next week. We will have a pre draft podcast where Adam Beasley will tell you exactly who the the Miami Dolphins are going to pick. Right, Adam? 
the pressure is building, and I'm going to come through. And I trust that you will. And I will then go, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you. Tune in next week.